0: Deuteronomy chapter 34. And this is a this is a sad one because I've really enjoyed reading Deuteronomy with you. And if I were to give this one a title, of course, it's the epilogue. We're just gonna call it the end of the beginning. Because there's so many great things still coming across the pike. I mean, God's got so many things for the nation of Israel. But it is the end of an era as we've been reading through this together. And so we're going we're gonna to see this this ending and we're going to talk through it just a little bit. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, sharing, and subscribing to the YouTube video. Make sure on the podcast you're leaving us a five-star review. Leave us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. And I would love for you to go to our Facebook group, The Bible Breakdown Discussion, and let us know how you're engaging with this. And I want to know today, here's my question. What was your favorite part of the book of Deuteronomy? Had you ever read it before? And if so, what was your favorite part? As we read, have read through this together. And I don't know. I was thinking about it as I was getting ready. I really loved Deuteronomy 31. As he was talking about just all the blessings and how God always provides a way back for us. And, or excuse me, chapter 30. And uh, choose life. I just, I love that so very much. And it's bittersweet as we walk into this today. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to read this. I going to kind of lay the setting for you. This chapter is probably the only chapter in the entire first five books of the Bible not written by Moses. It's kind of impossible that it was written by Moses because it talks about Moses dying and what happened after he died. Well, Moses can't do that because he was in the dead. (laughs) So what likely happened in the life of Moses is Moses, I don't want you to have in your head that Moses was sitting in a cave somewhere with a scroll and, and ink, but likely what was happening is Moses would dictate especially the book of Deuteronomy. He would dictate out to scribes what he was saying, and they would write it all down for him. And so it is very likely, after Moses died, those same scribes, probably along with Joshua, just kind of wrote the very ending to kind of end the book before they then took it to the Ark of the Covenant. And so that's what's going to happen, is the scribes and Joseph likely have finished this up, and they're going to kind of put a bow on it, and then we're going to read it together, and then we're going to just kind of visually see them go and putting it in the Ark of the Covenant. So let's read this together. Deuteronomy 34, verse 1 says this. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab, and he climbed Pisgah Peak, which is a cross from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah extending to the Mediterranean Sea the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Sohar. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. Now pause. And one of the ways we know that Moses probably didn't write this, but it was written after his death, is notice the way it's describing the land he's looking at. They're describing the land he's looking at as their tribal names after they have conquered it. So it's saying the area that he got to look at, these are the areas that we conquered and we took over because it's now calling it the land of Manasseh, the land of Ephraim, the land of Judah. And so what's amazing though, if you think about it, is right before Moses dies, He passes away looking at the promise. And they're saying, you know what he was looking at? He was looking at you, Judah. He was looking at the land of Ephraim, and he was just celebrating what God was going to do. All right, verse 5. So Moses, servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab. But to this day, no one knows except the exact place. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Pause again. This is still true. They have no idea where the body of Moses has been buried. And if you think about it, it's just genius when it comes to God because no one had ever, and we're going to see this, no one had ever rose to such power as Moses. And so it would have been very tempting for the nation of Israel to have worshiped Moses. And so God not wanting to taint the man of God, he didn't let them know where his body was so that they wouldn't turn it into a shrine and then to eventually into paganistic worship. And so that is why most scholars think God did not let them bury Moses, but, but rather God buried Moses. Verse eight, the people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid his hands on him And so the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There was never another prophet like in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. And that is the end of the book of Deuteronomy. What is our number one takeaway from the book of Deuteronomy? That is this. Moses kept telling them over and over and over again, trust and obey. It's the only way. Trust and obey. God's got a big idea for you. God wants you to do all the amazing things. No matter what you want for you, God wants it even more. But you've got to trust and obey. And I wonder if that would be the lesson for all of us. God wants life for you. He wants good things for you, but there's an if there. If you want to receive those things, you have to trust and obey. Let's pray together as we end up our time together, that God would just seal his word in our heart and that we would choose life every day. Can let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you have given us the choice. Lord, you give us the opportunity to choose life. And Lord, in the life that we live, just like the nation of Israel We're going to encounter these choices over and over again. And sometimes we're going to make the wrong choice. I pray, God, that every time we start to veer to the left or veer to the right, the Lord, you will lovingly guide us back to where we need to be. And that we will continually remember to trust and obey. That it's the only way to do the things that you want for us to do. Lord, the words that are in your word are for our benefit. So we take them and we grab them and we hold them. and We're going to trust and obey. We're going to see you do all those great things in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, bittersweet. But let's say it one more time as we end our time together. You ready? Deuteronomy chapter 30. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death. Say it with me. Choose life. You can make that choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. My choice or my hope for you today and always is that you would choose life. Thank you for reading God's word with me. I look forward to getting into a new book tomorrow.